man, I feel good. I feel good. I feel good. How's everybody doing out there? Welcome back to another episode of the IKP. <laughs> I feel really good. I feel really good. Haven't spoken to you guys since Saturday. Um, a lot has transpired. Obviously, we got some. You know, we got NFL. A lot of NFL talk. A lot to get into. Um, we had some big. We had some big time games on Sunday, and the Monday Night Football game was pretty good. One of the better games of the year. Um, the NBA season is literally. It's it's. Today is December 16th, so the NBA season is literally less than a week away. It is less than a week away from starting, from really beginning. And we had some big news out of the association. Giannis is staying in Milwaukee. He's staying put in Milwaukee. But I'm going to cover that, and that's a great story. And, um, I, you know, for the last couple of weeks, I've been feeling like he's going to stay. But, nevertheless, let's start with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's start with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hmm. I got a good feeling, because I have my takes already ready, obviously. I got a good feeling the state of Pennsylvania is not going to like my takes. The state of Pennsylvania is not going to like my takes. But let's start with Pittsburgh. So the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're now on a two-game losing streak after starting 11-0. Um, I, I, I called this team the worst 11-0 team I saw. Uh, I, thought this, I thought this undefeated team was very flawed. I didn't think they were. I didn't think they would. I didn't think the Pittsburgh Steelers displayed the dominance that their record may have, you know, said. Because when you think of eleven zero, you think like, oh man, this team is very dominant. That's not the case. And let me just set the table for the Steelers. Let me set the table for the Steelers and the Steeler fans and you know everybody out there, everybody out there that support the Steelers. Let me let me set the table. The Steelers, after that loss versus Buffalo, they they are now the they're officially the number two seed. So you know what that means? No, 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 no home field, no one seed, as we stand right now. Secondly, the Steelers cannot run the ball effectively, whether it's James Conner or any other those or any other of those running backs that they have. They cannot run the ball effectively. They are not confident in their run game, and they know it. Thirdly, the receivers are still dropping passes. The Steelers, they're not a, they're not, they're, they are not an offense that's going to beat you over the top. They depend on those short and intermediate routes, and they depend on their receivers to make plays after the catch. Well, before you can make plays after the catch, you have to first catch the ball. And then now, lastly, Ben Roethlisberger looks every bit of 38. He looks every bit of 38. And, and this is no slander towards Mike Tomlin. I like Mike Tomlin. I root for Mike Tomlin. 
This is no slander towards Ben Roethlisberger. He, I like Ben Roethlisberger. Both of those guys are Hall of Fame coaches or a Hall of Fame coach and a Hall of Fame quarterback. They will both make it into the Hall of Fame one day. But this Steeler team is very flawed. And this Steeler team, they're not winning the Super Bowl. They're not getting to the Super Bowl playing like this. They're not, they're not doing it. They're not doing it. Also, the Steelers have key injuries on their defense. But 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 this is the thing. Cause we always hear Ben Roethlisberger. We always hear him allude to, oh, if I can't play well, if I can't deliver, if I'm not making enough plays for my team to win, he always talks about retirement. Isn't that funny? Around this time, every year, around for like the last couple years, and Stiller fans know what I'm talking about, for the last cup for the last like few years, every time you know, late in the season and Roethlisberger doesn't play well. He always talks about, oh, I, you know, I may have to hang it up. He always alludes to that point. He always alludes to that point. But Ben Roethlisberger looks every bit of 38 years old. The Steelers, the Steelers will probably be better off with Uncle Ben instead of Big Ben because Big Ben ain't doing it right now. He ain't doing it right now. And his receivers are not helping him. They're not helping. So looking at what's going to happen, let me let me tell you what's going to happen for the Steelers. They play Cincinnati on Monday Night Football, right? Pittsburgh is going to beat Cincinnati. And everybody's going to be like, oh, Pittsburgh, they're back. They're legit. See, I told you so. The Steelers fans will be like, oh, yeah. We're legit. No, you're not. That was in Cincinnati. So after the Steelers get their win versus Cincinnati on Monday Night Football, people are going to be hyped. Steelers Nation is going to be hyped. And they're like, I told you so. But let me tell you what's going to happen. After that, the Steelers are probably going to have the two seed. They haven't had a bye week in a long time. And with a quarterback, an older quarterback, who's coming off of elbow surgery, and he's not playing well, and the Steelers don't have an effective running game, it is not a good sight in the playoffs. That is not a good sight. Because you don't get that bye week. You don't have home field advantage. And even this year, I'm not going to hold that. I'm not going to hold that. I'm not going to hold that to such a high degree because home field this year doesn't make it, doesn't really make a difference. With the Steelers not having fans, it don't make a difference. So, you know, but Kansas City, you got, but still, if you if the Steelers wanted to get to the Super Bowl, and they want to, obviously, but if the Steelers, you know, the route to the Super Bowl would have to go through Kansas City, as we speak, because Kansas City they play New Orleans this week. Kansas City could lose and still have the number one seed. Pittsburgh could win. And Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh is going to win versus Cincinnati, and Kansas City. I mean, I they should they you know they have they have a pretty good shot at beating New Orleans, but let's just say they lose to New Orleans. Kansas City would still be the number one seed. They would still be the number one seed. But we are coming to the realization of what the Steelers are. It's confirmed. It's confirmed now. 
There's no if, ands, or buts about it. It's confirmed. We know who the Steelers are. It's okay, but we know who they are. We know who they are. And last week, I told you guys, last week on Wednesday, before before Saturday's podcast, I said last week on Wednesday, I said the Buffalo Bills, they're gonna beat, they're gonna beat the Steelers. They're gonna beat the Steelers. On Saturday, on the Saturday's episode, I said it. They're gonna beat the Steelers. The Buffalo Bills are gonna beat the Steelers. On Sunday night football, what happened? Buffalo Bills beat the Steelers. Big Ben had the pick six. The pick six really turned the game around. Um, and then after that, it was just the Steph, it was the Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs show. And um, yeah. Bills, the Bills after that, after that pick six, the Bills made quick work of the Steelers. They made quick work of the Steelers. Simple as that. Simple as that. And I'm just gonna play the clip of Ben Roethlisberger talking about, you know, you know, alluding to retirement, which he always does around this same time. I'm gonna play this clip for you guys. Here he goes. Uh, if, I, if I don't play good enough football, then I need to, to hang it up. But you know, I, I still feel like I can do enough things to help this team win football games, and I'm gonna do everything I can to get us back on track. Okay, so that's you know, he always has like a quote <clears throat> alluding to retirement around this time. Like, for the last few years, this is what he does. <laughs> this is what Ben Roethlisberger does. <clears throat> this is what he does. But um, Pittsburgh, I'm, and by the way, I'm not saying Pittsburgh is not going to win any more games. I'm not saying they're not a good team. I'm not saying that. <clears throat> they still have a really good team. But in terms of being the best team in the AFC, being that 11-0 team, that people wanted me to buy into that I I just frankly wasn't. I wasn't sold. <clears throat> I'm not gonna do it. And they're not that and they're not they're not that good. They're not 11 and 0 good. They're not that anymore. A month ago, the Steelers were better. Um a month ago, the Steelers were were a better team than what they are today. But today, as we stand, December 16th, the Steelers, they're not even a, the second best team in the AFC. They're not even the second best team in the AFC. They're, 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 it's, it's Kansas City. It's Buffalo. I mean, then maybe Pittsburgh. Maybe Pittsburgh. But, I mean, you, you got some other teams looking pretty good. But maybe Pittsburgh. But they're not even, a, they're not even a, the, the second best team in the AFC anymore. Buffalo overtook that. As I, as I said, they would. As I said, they would. And like and like I said, I have nothing against Pittsburgh. Um, I and I, I like the culture. Obviously, it's a great culture. Um, it's it's a winning culture. But that's what that's what got us in trouble. That's what got a lot of people caught up. A lot of people, you know, when they when they saw the Steelers eleven and zero, they're playing good football. And you're like, oh, whoa, whoa, my gosh, the Steelers, they are so good. And we fall for the we, we oh, I didn't fall for the bait. But a lot of people fail for the bait because we're looking at the Steelers, they're 11-0, and we're like, okay, their team history and all of the winning that they have done and all the decorated history that they have, we're just, okay, we're sold. No, 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 no. I was not. I was not. And to show you how, how, how bad their running game has been since around, like, October, to show you, to point that out, look at this. Since week seven, the Steelers have one game where they have rushed 
for 100 yards. Since week seven, they have one game where they have rushed for 100 yards, and that was versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. And get this, in that whole span, and you know, in that week seven span, since week seven span, they had five games where they have rushed for under 50 yards. So it's not like it's not like they have a lot of rushing games where they're at 80 and, and, and 90 yards and just barely not notching the hundred. No, 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 no. They have a lot of games where they're not even getting to 50 rush yards. And Sunday night was another game where they did not rush for 50 yards. And I just don't know how that fares when you have a quarterback who's first older, a quarterback who has who's coming off a, a repaired elbow, a surgically repaired elbow. I just don't know how that fares. I don't know how that fares. Plus, you're not explosive. You're not explosive. You depend on your receivers to make plays after the catch. You're not explosive. You're not explosive. But let's move on to Jalen Hurts. Okay, so before I um I move on, I move to Jalen Hurts. Sorry about that. Um, I'm gonna talk about Giannis first. Giannis breaking news. He decided to sign the Supermax and to stay with the Milwaukee Bucks in the Supermax deal. It was a five-year, $226 million, $228 million deal. Um, it was a six-year deal. <clears throat> it's a, he's going to be there for the next six years unless it's like a player option um, at that last year. But he has a year left on his contract, and, you know, you add the five years, that's six years. So that's good for Milwaukee. I know the fans of the Bucks are happy. Um, the rumors are now put to rest. Uh, there were there were a lot of rumors. Uh, the Warriors possibly trying to go after Giannis. Uh, Miami, Miami, the, the the Warriors in Miami were were two destinations that you kept hearing. The Lakers were also a destination that you kept hearing. So all of that is put the rest. Also the Knicks, whatever shot that they had, um, that is put to rest. And it's so funny um, because I was talking about a couple weeks ago, I was talking about the NBA and how they should start their regular season on Christmas Day every year. I was talking about that. I talked about that a couple weeks ago, and I told you guys I wrote a paper on it, um, and, and basically my main point was, NBA ratings are down um, because of scheduling. Some of some of it's because there's multiple answers, but some of it, a good portion of it, has to do with scheduling. And what I mean by scheduling is the NBA starts in October, and the NBA, you know, what's going on in October around sports, NFL football, college football, major league baseball, World Series. You got all that good stuff going on in October. So it really don't make sense to it, it really don't make sense to start your season in October and November. So why not start on Christmas Day where you attract the most viewers? That could be your grand that can be your grand opening. That was my point. Now with Giannis, you're probably wondering, well, how, what does Giannis have to do with this? Well, 
let's just say this. Giannis is, and I know, I know we have mixed emotions about Giannis. I know some of us think, you know, and, and, and by the way, I think Giannis needs to get better. Uh, as far as like a shooter, as far as having a go-to dependable move down the stretch, he can get better in those areas. But Giannis is no slouch. Giannis is the back-to-back MVP for a reason. Um, and he was he was such about he was he he's such a superstar where depending on where he went. The league may have shifted. He's such a he's a he's a piece that can really balance the power in the NBA. That's how good he is. If Giannis was to neck, like say if Giannis didn't sign the Supermax, and Giannis had you know he becomes a free agent next year, and he signs with the Warriors, everybody will be pointing to the Warriors as contenders. And perhaps favorites. Same that goes for Miami. If you want to went to Miami, same goes for so you get that point. And I'm not saying dynasties don't matter. I'm not saying dynasties don't help the NBA. Because they do. They do. But to a certain degree, like for example, it, it can hurt you. For example, the Warriors with Kevin Durant. The first year when Kevin Durant joined the Warriors, we were all interested to see, okay, yes, they are the favorites. They have Kevin Durant. They added Kevin Durant. But we were still interested to see, oh, well, how are they going to do this? How, Like, you know, what the regular season look like? Who's going to be the guy? Like, you know, we we, we looking at that. We, we were interested. We were all tuning in for that. Plus, it was musty basketball. The Warriors, they played an exciting brand of basketball. They shoot a lot of threes. They play defense. They get up and down the court. You add Kevin Durant, one of the greatest scorers ever. In my opinion, the greatest score of this generation to that team. You're like, okay, you want, you're interested. You want to see how it works out. But then by the time the second year come around, you're like, uh, what's new? The Warriors going to win it again. And people stop. They people stop watching. People stop watching. Now, like myself, once again, like myself, like I said in a couple episodes, a couple weeks ago, myself, I'm not going to stop watching. Because first, I love the NBA. Second, um, this is what I do. So, like, this is a part of what I do. This is my this is my thing. <laughs> so I gotta watch. I gotta watch. But when you when 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 there's a team so dominant and it's like it's interesting at first. It's very interesting, it's very compelling, it has a lot of storylines. Yes. But at a certain point, you're like, ah, uh, what's new? Like, ah, uh, yeah, what's new? And that's how that set. That's how the second year of the Warriors with Kevin Durant. That's how that felt. And people started not to watch. People started not to watch. People not. People started not to watch. And I'm glad Giannis broke this trend of superstars leaving franchise and getting, going teaming up with each other. Mind you, I'm not that guy that doesn't think I'm. I'm all for players being mobility, being mobile. I'm all for player mobility. I'm all for player mobility. I understand why LeBron left Cleveland for Miami. I understand why Durant chose Golden State over OKC. 
I understand it. I'm not I, I'm not going to bash those guys for doing it. But also, also, I am going to give props to a guy like Giannis who, who decides to stay with the franchise that he's been playing with. I am going to give props to that. I am going to give props to that. So I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I, like I don't want to. I don't want nobody to think. Oh, I'm kind of hating on LeBron. Again. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not. I love LeBron. I love LeBron. But I'm glad that Giannis kind of broke this trend of player star players, you know, leaving and going elsewhere. I'm kind of glad he broke this trend. I'm kind of glad. And I think it's a good. I think it's a good thing for the NBA. It's a good thing for Milwaukee. It's a good. It's a. It's a. It's a really, really nice sight for small market teams with really good players or team or you know like a team like I don't I, I don't know the Charlotte Hornets or the Memphis Grizzlies that you know it, it's a good sight to see that hey okay stars are willing to stay stay put in a small market you know what I mean that helps that helps that helps <clears throat> and you know with LeBron with LeBron and Durant and that whole like that whole stuff with the super teams and I've been told you guys LeBron started super teams. LeBron started super teams. It was unforeseen to have a player of LeBron's magnitude in the midst of his prime go join two other all-stars. That was unforeseen. That's why he received so much backlash. That's why he that was one of the reasons that was one of the main reasons why he received so much backlash. Because it was unforeseen territory and we did not know what to make of it. And yes, I know Kareem Abdul-Jabbar chose the Lakers over the Bucks. Mind you, the Bucks, the Lakers didn't have Magic Johnson yet. Kareem didn't go join two All-Stars. Um, and, and all three of them were in their primes. He didn't do that. He just chose the Lakers over Milwaukee. And once again, I understand why LeBron did it. I understand why. But it's the mere fact that he started the Super Teams. He started it. <clears throat> but I don't want to, you know, I don't want to stay, you know, stuck on that. I don't want to stay stuck on that. But let's really move on to Jalen Hurts now. <laughs> Let's really move on to Jalen Hurts. It's good for the NBA. It's good um for, for Milwaukee. Happy for Giannis. Also, last point too. Last point. And I think this is something that I get I'm, that I'm probably guilty of a little bit too. And it's it's uh it's putting so much pressure and so much emphasis on winning. And I had to step back. When you know after the Bucks lost to Miami, I had to step back and I'm like, okay, Giannis, yes, he has to get better as a player. Um, it would it, I would be glad to see him become a better shooter. That would that 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 I would I would love to see that. I would love to see him develop some go-to moves that are dependable in the postseason down the stretch. But I'm also looking at it like Giannis is 25. He's 25. Jordan didn't win his first title till he was what 27? 28? I mean 20 he was 27 when he won his first title. 
LeBron was 27 when he won his first title. KD was 28, 29 before he won his first title. So, like, we, we, and the media, we place, and fans too, we place a lot of emphasis on winning. Gotta win, you gotta win, you gotta win. And I understand, yes, you wanna win. That's the main goal. You, you gotta win, you, that's the main goal. But we also gotta put some, we gotta add some perspective. We're like, oh, oh wait, wait, wait. Giannis is 25. Now he's, now he's 26. But, you know, Throughout the season, he was 25. He's like, oh, you know, you got to win. You got to win. You got to win. You got to, you know, it's so much pressure on him to win. And I, and I understand it because I'm I'm all for winning. That's what I judge. But at some point in time, you, you got to think back like, uh, well, Jordan won his first title until he was 27, 28. LeBron didn't win the first. He, LeBron didn't win his first title until he was 27. Durant didn't win his first title until he was 28, 29. It's okay. It's a process. This is how this is how it works. This is how it works. It's a process. You go through playoff losses. You, you go through the conference finals, you know, and then you finally get over the mountaintop. You finally get over the mountaintop. That's what happens. That's how that's how that's how a lot of these guys win. Not every legend is like Magic Johnson where he comes in his rookie year, has a nice LA squad, and they win the title. It don't happen like that. Doesn't happen like that. It doesn't happen like that. Most all-time greats, they go into bad situations. They turn those situations around. They get to the playoffs. They, you know, they have some trouble, you know, in the playoffs early in their career. But somewhere in the midst of their prime, they oh, they 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 get over the hump and they win the title. That's how that's how it goes. That's usually how it goes. That's usually how it goes. <clears throat> so glad for Giannis. Congratulations to Giannis on that on that mega deal. It's a quarter of a billion dollars. Big shout out to Giannis. He deserves it. He deserves it. He deserves it. <clears throat> so as I stated, um, the state of Pennsylvania not gonna they're not gonna like these takes. They're not gonna like these takes. First, the Steelers, now the Eagles, and Jalen Hurts. And by the way, I like Jalen Hurts. Um, cool guy, probably a cool guy. Um, you know, he won a lot of games in, in college. He had a he had a really good college career, and I'm happy that he got his win. He got his first career win and his first career start. But boy, oh boy, <laughs> do do certain media outlets we just go crazy. We go crazy. Oh my God. Jalen Hurts is the answer. He's gonna save Philadelphia. He's gonna do all this. He's gonna do all that. And indeed, indeed, this was a well-needed win for the Eagles. A uh, Eagles team um that 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 was just desperate for a win, searching for a win. They were. It was much needed, and yes, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna just de- totally diminish the win because it was a good win versus a really good team in the Saints. It was a really good team in the Saints that they beat, but also in that order, the Saints didn't know what to expect. Hell, I'm not even sure if the Eagles knew what to expect. This, this, uh, the Saints did it. The Saints didn't have any film on Jalen Hurts. The, the Saints didn't have any film on this offense, this new look offense. 
this work, but this style that Jalen Hurts and the Eagles that they were playing, it only works. It, it works in short doses. This style is not long. I don't know why we keep falling for this. This I don't know why we keep falling for it. I don't know why we keep falling for this trap. This whole the, the, the this whole style of the quarterback being a better runner than thrower, it doesn't work. I'm not saying now, now mind you, I know guys like Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, when especially when Aaron Rodgers when it was in his prime. I know those guys, they are they can move. They can escape the pocket and they can throw as long as, you know, also Russell Wilson. Those guys can move and escape the pocket and throw it, but they're better throwers than runners. They're better throwers than runners, but a quarterback, this whole style of being a better runner than thrower, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It it, it doesn't work. It has a lot of sizzle, a lot of wow factor. A lot of eye-popping moments. You're like, oh, he's athletic. Oh, he's a, he's a good athlete. It has all of that, but it has no substance. A lot of sizzle, but no substance. That's what this style has. Jalen Hurts on Sunday versus the Saints. He threw, he threw, he had a completion percentage of 56. He had a completion percentage of 56. The reads were very simple. And they they weren't, he weren't, he wasn't going through three and four progressions. It was like, okay, first two progressions, you don't like what you see, get out of the pocket and run. That doesn't work. <laughs> that's that that that's not that's not sustainable in the NFL. Um, you know, it was once again, you use your legs, but what happens, you know, you lose, you use your legs, you get out of the pocket, you use that athleticism, but what happens when teams get film on that? When, what happens when teams get film on that, they study it, and they find a way to stop it? What happens then? I remember as a, I think I was in middle school. I remember, I think I was in middle school. And, and I'm from Washington, D.C. I'm from Washington D.C. and I remember I was I remember when I was in middle school, and the Washington football team now, which they, that's what that's their name now, but in 2012 they were the Redskins, and they had R.G. Three, Robert Griffin III, R.G. Three, they had R.G. Three, and I remember R.G. Three was the most exciting thing in football. We loved we. I mean, his play style at Baylor. He had a breakout season at Baylor. Won the Heisman. Got drafted number two overall. The, the you know Washington. They gave up all of these picks to move up and get him and grab him. By the way, that coaching staff that Washington had in 2012, it had Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Matt Lafleur, and all those guys. Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, and Matt Lafleur, along with Mike, with along with Mike Shanahan, it it had that whole entire coaching staff, that whole entire coaching staff. 
on that staff right there, 2012. 2012, right there. And I remember RG3 had a really good, he had a breakout year, but that style didn't last long. Got hurt, banged up, never really the same. Style doesn't last long. It was it was it was it was exciting while it lasted, but it had no substance. It had sizzle. It had a lot of sizzle. I mean, Washington, the city was the city was turned. <laughs> the city, the city loved Rob Griffin III his rookie year, but after that, didn't have the same. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't have no substance. People started figuring out the read option a little bit. And no substance. And the quarterbacks that were in that draft, you know, like Russell Wilson. You look at a guy like Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson was in that same draft. And Russell Wilson was mobile as well. Not as mobile as RG3. Not as electrifying as RG3. But R- but Russell Wilson was mobile, you know. But he could throw it. And Russell Wilson is now still top three quarterback in the league. To this day. Nine, eight, eight, nine years later, he's still a top three quarterback to this day. I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not, this is no shot towards Jalen Hurts, but I'm just using what I know and what, what history tells me. What history tells me is in this league, you have to be able to, you have to be able to throw the ball to win big in this league. You have to. You have to. I'm not saying you can't be a runner. I'm not saying you can't be mobile. Because Patrick Mahomes is mobile. Aaron Rodgers is mobile. Russell Wilson is mobile. But those guys are also great precision passers. Those guys also, they are better throwers than runners. They, they, they are better throwers than runners. Those three guys throw the best deep balls in the league. And I'm just using, look, look at all the history that we have in this league. Look at all the history that we have in this league. You got to be able to throw the ball to win big in the postseason. You have to. And the same people that 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 you know, the same people that's talking about how Taysom Hill is not a long-term franchise franchise quarterback, the the same people that said Taysom Hill is not a quarterback are the same exact people saying, "Oh, Jalen Hurts is he's the answer." How? How, Sway? How? How's he the answer? When Taysom Hill, how was Taysom Hill not a quarterback, but Jalen Hurts is the answer for the Eagles? How? They're the same guy, practically. <laughs> they're the, they're, they are the same players. They are the same players, practically. Oh, That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. How many guys have we seen this? How, how many guys have we seen like this? You know. Better runner than thrower, very explosive, but not as not as they don't they don't have the the throwing precision that you would like. I mean, how many times have we seen this? I I know some of you guys may be a little too young, but the George Bush, um, <laughs> the George Bush saying. <laughs> He said, I think it's from Tennessee. Might be from Texas. Thank you, Tennessee. Fool me once. Shame on you. Well, fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. Because how many times are we going to fall for this? (laughs) 
<laughs> how many times are we gonna be fall? How many times are we gonna fall for this? Even the great Nick Saban at Alabama had to make a change. Even the great Nick Saban at Alabama had to make a change. He had to make a change at quarterback. This style does not last long. I mean, look, think about, think about it. RG three, Vince Young, Tim Tebow. <laughs> like, how many times have we seen this? We know how this. We know how this story ends. We know how it ends. And I know a lot of you guys are saying, "Oh, what about Lamar?" Yeah, Lamar. He won MVP last year, but this year. We're seeing what, what, like defenses have caught on to it a little bit. He's not able to make throws outside of the numbers. That's why Greg Roman keeps the throws inside of the numbers because Lamar does not. He's 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 just not a good passer outside of the numbers for the most part. Yeah, and Lamar's struggling. Lamar's been struggling. Yeah. So what about Lamar? Yeah. And I'm not trying to you know I'm not trying to downgrade Lamar, but. What about him? He's struggling. Now he had a pretty he had a damn good game and saved the day for the Ravens on Monday Night Football, but there's still lingering issues with his throwing mechanics. And has he won a playoff game yet? No. He hasn't tremendous. He hasn't he hasn't he hasn't he hasn't experienced playoff success yet. But this style, we know it doesn't work. Quarterbacks get injured. Defenses figure it out. You know, sometimes you know, you, you you always had that receiver that's worrying about their targets. Obviously, that's what receivers do. That's what receivers do. <laughs> this style doesn't, it's not, it's not a style that works long term. It's not a style that works long term. It is it it's it, it it gives a lot of highlights. It's it's a lot, it's replay value. Um, it's what it's a wow factor. It's like, oh my god, this guy is. I mean, he's a tremendous. He with his athleticism is crazy. A lot of sizzle, but no substance. That's what it is. A lot of sizzle, no substance. Let me talk. Let me let me let's shift gears. Uh, after this quick break, um, a lot of sizzle, no substance. Um, but we know how the style works, we know what happens. Come on, we know what happens, and I'm not. I, I'm not trying to piss on his parade, on Jalen Hurts' parade. But come on, we know how this happens. We know how this work ends. We know. We shouldn't be fooled again. <laughs> we shouldn't be fooled again. Oh, so last thing with that Giannis, you know, situation. No matter what happened, uh, like him not signing the supermax or um, him signing it, like he did. The Lakers are still favorites. The Lakers are still favorites to get out of the Western Conference and to win the title this year. The Lakers are still favorites. So that's a point to hang on to, but the Lakers are still favorites. But let's move on. Let's let's shift back to the NFL. And I want to talk about the Bills, or, or mainly Josh Allen, because um, I think we're seeing something here. I think we're seeing something. First, I've been raving about this Bills team. Um, I raved about this Bills team early on in the year because they look really good. Josh Allen, you, I mean, early in the year, like the first five weeks, 
You heard his name in MVP talks. He was playing some really good football, and he had a rough patch um, in October, around like in around that October ish. But now the Bills, without that hail mary, without that hail mary from Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, the Bills would be on a seven game win streak. And they're peaking at the right time. And Josh Allen is a big part of that. Um, now their defense, their defense has gotten better um as the season has progressed. Their defense has gotten better. But Josh Allen, he's playing some really good football. He's playing some really good football right now. Um, and he's looking like one of the better young quarterbacks, not just in the AFC, but in the league. <clears throat> Um, first, Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen, they took over Sunday night football in the second half. They they completely took over Sunday night football. And it just shows you the power of having a of having that guy at receiver. Because Stefan Diggs, not he, you know, you don't hear his name. Um, I, I even though he has the numbers to back it up. You don't hear his name in the conversation with Devontae Adams and Julio and DeAndre Hopkins, but Stefan Diggs is that man. He's one he's one of those guys where it's like you have him, he's gonna be open. He's that man. He is that guy. And he's leading the league in catches. Josh Allen obviously has become a he like Josh Allen, the his his progression. And that's what I want to talk about. His progression as a quarterback and just being accurate is amazing to see. And I think it speaks to the good coaching and the good culture that's being built in Buffalo by Sean McDermott. Sean, we, we have a and, – and, and just think about it. We have so many young, vibrant, smart coaches in this league. I mean, you got Sean McVay, Cal Shanahan, Sean McDermott, Mike Vrabel, uh, Brian Flores, M- uh, Matt LaFleur to a certain degree. I mean, you got some young, nice coaches, Cliff Kingsbury. You got some nice, you got some n- very vibrant young coaches in the league that can coach their tails off. And they got their teams playing really well. But Sean McDermott, he's done a hell of a job with this Buffalo roster. And this, um, and, and, you know, the progression of their defense, their defense has gotten better. But Josh Allen coming out of the draft, and I, I know, and, and and tell me this, tell me this, because Josh Allen coming out of the draft, um, a couple, uh, you know, a few years back, his main problem was like his red flag. His main problem was his accuracy. And usually, you tell me if I'm wrong, but because. I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a guru. I'm a guru. I'm a I'm a I'm a, I'm a nerd like this. But you watch these ESP, you watch like ESPN, and you watch and you hear you you hear some of these quarterback expert quarterback gurus talk about you know uh, you know quarterbacks. You know those guys are talking about like the Dan Orlowski's. Uh, you 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 know the quarterback gurus. That tell you everything, you know, and they're pretty, I mean, they're damn good. They're damn good at their job. I'm not, you know, this is no shot. They're damn good at their job. But, you know, usually, you know, there's the narrative of, you know, when the quarterback gurus are studying, like, uh, you know, you and uh, Jake Palmer, you know, when they're, when they're studying 
quarterbacks coming into the draft, I mean, or, you know, coming into the draft, look going into the league, and you know how they say uh, accuracy is one of those things you just can't fix, like you either have it or you don't. Those are the, That's usually what the quarterback gurus say. The quarterback gurus, the quarterback experts, the, the you know, the, the people, the players that have, or the former players that have expertise of the quarterback position, they often say, Looking at a college quarterback, they often say, if he's not accurate, that's something you cannot change. That's something that just can't get better. That, 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 that like accuracy, you either have it or you don't. Accuracy is something, yes, this is what they say. <laughs> and, and, and I'm not, and once again, I'm not downing, I'm not taking no shots, but this is what they say. You know, accuracy, you can't improve that substantially. You just either have it or you don't. But Josh Allen right now, he is defining the odds, per se. <laughs> he is beating the odds, per se. He is beating the odds. Josh, like I said, Josh Allen, his accuracy was a problem at Wyoming. His college, this is this is his college career in completion percentage. He had a 56 completion percentage in at Wyoming while he was in college. A 56 completion percentage. 56. Now, mind you, Wyoming does have out like different altitudes. So Wyoming, like the altitude, you know, that that can that can change how the, some how certain throws. Um, Wyoming doesn't have the best weather, you know. And plus, Wyoming isn't like Alabama. Wyoming isn't Ohio State. <laughs> There's not a lot of talent. They don't have. They, it's not a lot of top tier talent at Wyoming. But then his first year in the NFL, he had a fifty two completion percentage, and then last year he had a fifty eight completion percentage. And now this year, this year, he's at sixty eight percent, sixty eight percent completion percentage. That is damn good. And I know I banged on Jalen Hurts um, the previous segment, but you know I look at a guy like Josh like. And first, let's 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 be let's get this understood. Josh Allen has a stronger arm, like there's more arm ability from Josh Allen than Jalen Hurts. But if Jalen Hurts, you know, if he can somehow, some way, get as accurate or become um, more accurate like Josh Allen has, then yeah, he got a shot. But this is unforeseen because usually a quarterback either has accuracy or they don't. This is unforeseen um, in the NFL where you come into the league and you're just, you're not accurate at all. And these like 52%, 56%, like that's, you're just, whew, you're just below average. Like that's below, that's like below average. That's below average. And and Lamar Lamar has taken some steps forward as well. He's progress he's progressed as an accurate passer. He's improved in that area definitely. But once again, like I said in the previous segment, Greg Roman keeps everything. Greg Roman tries his best to keep most of Lamar Jackson throws inside of the numbers. So that means in the middle of the field where there's the most space because those outside the numbers. You're throwing on the boundaries, and those windows are shorter, and those throws have to be pinpoint precise. And sometimes with Lamar, it, you know, 
It's not always pinpoint precise, obviously. So Greg Roman tries his best to keep everything inside of the numbers where he has the most space in the middle of the field. Josh Allen, he's throwing darts. <laughs> I mean, Sunday night, I think he completed 12, 12 straight passes. He was just he was throwing darts. <laughs> throwing darts in, 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 in the snow. In the snow, too. He was he was throwing darts in every which way. It does help when you have Stephon Diggs, once again, but <laughs> he was throwing some darts. And, you know, this, like I said, this is unforeseen territory. Unforeseen territory. But let's move on. Um, um, so this is my this is gonna be my last two segments. James Harden and my Super Bowl bubble. This is the first time throughout the NFL season this year where I give you guys a list of teams that I think today could either get to the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl. Right now to this day, it's very similar to my top 10 list. Um, It's very, very similar to my top 10 list. But I have a list of teams that I think can get to the Super Bowl today, either get there or win it. I'm going to give you guys those list of teams. Um, James Harden, did you guys see him? Did you guys see him in his first preseason game last night? I mean, did the guy, like, did the guy try to exercise? Like, did the the guy try to exercase? James Harden, James Harden got big. And that's, oh, man, James Harden got big. James James Harden got big, man. James Harden got big. Oh my gosh, he's been eating steak and you know, like he's been eating steak and potatoes and you know all these you know you know little fancy restaurants, you know Morton's, Roof Chris and Prime One Twelve. He's been eating all that. He's been eating and the stuff. Those those places are nice. Those places are good, but. Ooh, James Harden, you, you know your profession is playing basketball. You got to be in shape. Harden, out of shape. He didn't look too, you know, didn't look too good. You know, got a little, got a little belly. Ah. But there was a story that came out about James Harden. Um, and I, I know some people are going to overreact and, like, oh, my gosh, this and that. But this is what you got to understand. So this, first, the story was, hey, um, one of the one of one of the rock, some, so somebody within the Rockets organization. This is from um, David. Some 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 somewhere from the Rockets, somebody from the Rockets organization. Uh, can we pull up what the, the exact quote? I want to get the exact quote for my listeners. Can we pull up the exact quote? So my screen man finally got me the uh, the direct quotes, and one of the first quotes is first. He's never heard no before. He's going to act up. That was from an anonymous Rockets staffer, um, in terms of James Harden and the culture. And then this is another quote from a, a, a former Rockets assistant coach. Where he states, this is the quote, we knew who the boss was, we knew who the boss of the organization was. 
That's just a part of what the deal was to go to Houston. The players, the coaches, GM, owner, and all know. I don't blame James. I blame the organization. It's not his fault. He did what they allowed him to do. James Harden did what the Rockets allowed him to do. And this is not so far-fetched. This is not a new. This isn't like breaking news. Okay, news flash. Star player gets star treatment. No, that this, this is no surprise. This is no surprise that he's get that that James Harden um has star treatment. There's no surprise. That there should be no surprise. There should be no surprises from people. Come on. There should be no surprises for people. You guys should have known James Harden has special privileges. Every superstar has some sort of special privilege. It just comes with the territory. Um, and I don't know. I, I don't know. I can't really speak for for football or another sport, but I'm sure it's somewhat happens. But in, in in the sport of basketball, where it's like basketball is a player dependent sport. It's a player-dependent sport. Every sport is, essentially. But, you like, in basketball, you need superstars to win. You need superstars to win. In football, it's more like the quarterback treatment. You know, the quarterback gets special privileges and so, and, you know, and so forth. But in basketball, it is the star players that, 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 that get the special treatment that have different type of privileges. So James Harden having these privileges, you know, the Rockets giving him the keys. This this is no surprise. And this is not this is not like so random. This happened. This is this is a lot of star players around the league. Star players get treatment. This is no this is this is no fantasy. This is no far-fetched idea. This is what this is what happens. This is what happens in locker rooms. This is what happens. I'm not saying it's a bad thing or a good thing, but the bad, well, I would say the negative part is how is James Harden exercising these privileges? It's not the fact that he has these privileges because we understand that aspect. We understand why he gets that those privileges. He's, he, he's one of the best offensive players ever. He's a great scorer. He's a league MVP. We understand why he gets the privileges, but how is he using those privileges? How is he exercising those privileges? And over the last couple weeks, throughout this James Harden saga, I told you guys last week, I didn't think James Harden was handling this situation um, professionally. I don't think... His approach... The, his approach to the way how he was handling this situation um a couple weeks ago or like a week ago <laughs> wasn't it wasn't professional at all but now he's back in Houston he's showing up he played in the preseason game yesterday um and I just don't know I, I with this Houston team I don't know what to make of this Houston team because you traded away Russell Westbrook because you had to. Westbrook didn't want to be there no more. Harden didn't want to play with Westbrook no more. So you traded Westbrook away. You bring in John Wall. 
I mean, Harden Harden stated that he preferred John Wall over Westbrook, but just but at this point, Harden just wants out. Harden don't want to be in Houston. Whether whether it's with Russell Westbrook, John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, don't matter. He don't want to be in Houston no more. He wants out. And I don't know how like a disgruntled I, I just don't think a disgruntled James Harden being in a locker room throughout the regular season, I don't think that fares well. Now, if the Rockets are trying to go in, if they're trying to go into a direction where they want to win games, they want to compete. I don't know if the, I don't know if a disgruntled James Harden helps that. I don't know if he boosts boosts those chances of your goal. If that's the Rockets' intention. Now, obviously, every team wants to win. No team, you know, wants to go out there and purpose and lose on purpose. But it's all about the approach that Houston wants to take. Obviously, if you're Houston, if you're gonna trade James Harden, you want you want the you want assets. You want the most. You 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 trying to find the best deal possible where you have the, the assets that you want. Get your draft picks. Get you another all-star caliber player. Get that. Get that. Get that. So that's my take on Harden in that situation. That fiasco. That's 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 what it is. That's what it is. It, it's not about the privileges. It's not about having, you know, the keys to the franchise. Obviously, you know, he's a star player, so that's gonna that's gonna come. But but the key is, how is he using those privileges? How is he exercising those privileges? How is he exercising those privileges? How? And a couple weeks ago, last week, wasn't the best. Wasn't the best approach. I didn't think that was the best approach. I didn't think that was the best approach. You know, and the self-awareness part you know, no mask. It's a pandemic. COVID nineteen. Got to wear mask, and you're around a bunch of people. You know, it's just, just don't. That don't. That don't look good. That don't look good. That's all. That don't look good. It's not about the privileges, though. Every star player has privileges, and you'll be a fool not to think that every star player don't have privileges, or don't have you know different circumstances from the normal player. You'll be a fool to believe that. Every star player has privileges. If you don't believe that. Something's wrong with you. Something's wrong with you. But every star gets the star treatment. Every star gets the star treatment. <clears throat> We're going into week 15. And we're kind of seeing what teams are. It's December. The playoffs start uh, what, a couple, uh, several weeks from now. A, couple, uh, a few weeks from now, really. The playoffs, they start. So... Let's start with the NFC. Now, the, I think right now, as we sit, I think the best, the team with the best chance to get to the Super Bowl, the green, it's the Green Bay Packers right now. Um, so New Orleans, that loss versus Philadelphia, it's it's a, uh, I won't say it's a head scratching loss, but it's a tough loss for them. But let me tell you why Green Bay right now they look like the best team in the NFC or the team with the best chance to get to the NFC uh, or, or to get to the Super Bowl, excuse me, out of the NFC. Now, Green Bay first, there, there. it seems like Green Bay, they are in line 
They are in line to get home field advantage throughout the entire playoffs. That's one. That's one thing. Um, so teams will have to go up to Lambeau and travel and play at, play at Lambeau in in the middle of January. That's going to be tough. Secondly, the Packers have a bye. This is key because the playoffs have been expanded to seven teams in each conference, and so that one seed usually usually there's the one and two seeds that have buys. But now since the expansion. There's only one team that get the bye, and that's the one seed. Green Bay is in firm position to capture the one seed. So that means everything has to go through Green Bay. Secondly, teams have to travel and go up to Green Bay and beat Green Bay at Lambeau. The way how the Packers are playing right now, um, I still think they have they still have their problems. Like I still think they need a run stopping linebacker. Uh, I'm just not sold. I, I I'm not sold enough that they can really legitimately stop the run. Um, but this team is good enough to get to a Super Bowl. This team is good enough to get to a Super Bowl. All of the back, all of the all of the backfire, all of the all of the criticism that this Packers team has received, including myself. I I criticize Green Bay for not getting another wide receiver option. I think they could use another wide receiver option and another run-stopping linebacker. They did they they didn't address either issue, but luckily the 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 deck is in their favor, the cards are in their favor. Um it's going to be it's going to be tough for a team like New Orleans. Like look at New Orleans right now. And Green Bay so Green Bay is good enough to get to the Super Bowl and I think they have the best chance out of the they have the best chance in the NFC to get to the Super Bowl. They have the best chance in the NFC to get to the Super Bowl. But let's look at New Orleans. New Orleans w- w- was a team that I was really high on, but now that they have lost grabs um, of the number one seed, that means they have first. They can't. There's no buy. There's no. There's no buy. So if Drew Brees needed another week to get healthy. They, you know, that they wouldn't have to buy. They would have to play a playoff game. But then, not only that, Drew Brees, if he, if you know, when when he returns, they're gonna have to travel to Lambeau Field to beat Green Bay. Drew Brees in inclement weather. Drew Brees in cold weather. Since he's been a New Orleans Saints, go. Since he's been playing with the Saints, go look at Drew Brees and his record in inclement weather. Go look at Drew Brees and his record when it's 40 degrees or below. He's he's a different quarterback. He's a different quarterback. So with the Saints not having home field advantage, not getting that one seed um or that bye week, I think that puts them I think that puts them behind the eight ball a little. Could they still get to the Super Bowl? Yes. Okay, next team, the Rams. I think the Rams are I think the Rams I think they have a legit shot. I think they have a legit shot. Now, the Rams they're not going they're not going to get the they're probably they're most likely not going to get the the one seed. They're still fighting with Seattle to get the division. So that's still up for grabs. But for the Rams, they're going to eventually have to travel somewhere cold and win a football game. Now, I know like they're a defensive team. They run the football, but 
just think about it. A LA team going up to Lambeau Field in mid in, in the middle of January. Uh that it just don't it just don't seem right. Uh, I mean, a LA team going up to the mid. We, how many times have we seen that? A warm weather team go up to a cold, uh, go you know, go play in a cold playoff game, and they just underperform. You know, I got, I got, I have reservations about that, and also I have my questions about Jared Goff. I'm if Jared Goff, and I said this a couple weeks, I said this on on, on the previous episode, a couple a, pre, a couple episodes ago. <laughs> If Jared Goff is able, can he put together a stretch of about three games where he plays good football, clean football, no turnovers, and doesn't put and doesn't put his team in danger? If he can do that, the Rams have a legitimate shot to get to the Super Bowl. Could they win it? I don't think so, but they have a legitimate shot to get there. Um, let's move on. The Seattle Seahawks. That's the next team. Um, I, you know, I love Russ. I love Russ, but I don't know if this team could get to a Super Bowl. I don't know. I don't know if this team can get to a Super Bowl. I don't know. That loss versus the Giants, it kind of showed me some things. Um, I think I've been saying this all year long, but the moment Russell Wilson steps off the team bus, he has to become Superman. He has to become Superman. And I just don't know how that fares against the better teams in the NFC, like the Green Bays, the New Orleans, the Rams. You know, those three teams are good. They're well coached. They're disciplined. Um, I feel like they I feel like those three teams, especially New Orleans and the Rams, they have better all around rosters than Seattle. Um, Russ for, for Seattle to get to the Super Bowl. Russ would have to put on his Superman cape and carry them. Um, their stars would have to play big. Not, and, I, and I'm not saying Jamal Adams and Bobby Wagner can't play big. They can, they're certainly capable of it. But they would have to play three big games, three superb games um, for the Seahawks to get to the Super Bowl. Not saying they can't, but I don't like their chances. So I'm gonna say no, they're not. Um, they're definitely a playoff team. They're definitely a team that could win a playoff game or two. But I just think they may they they're gonna eventually they're gonna run up against a a a, a, a better structured team where Russ can't overcome it. And I, I like I love Russ and I think he's great. But at some point you just can't overcome you can't overcome certain things next team uh the tampa bay buccaneers let me tell you this the tampa bay buccaneers they have all of the talent on both sides of the ball but i don't think they're a super bowl team i don't think they're a super bowl team all of these teams are capable of getting to the super bowl let me make that clear all of these teams are capable of getting to the super bowl but if I had to put money on it right now, the Buccaneers, they're not they're not a playoff team right now. They're not a playoff team right now. If I had to put money, they're not a playoff team right now at this moment. They're not. They're not. Um they're too they're 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 too inconsistent. Uh they have they have they 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 they're too inconsistent. 
I'm not sure if Brady and Bella. I'm not sure if Brady and Belichick. I'm not sure if Brady and Bruce Arians are quite on the same page yet. So I don't know. I don't think so. And I like Tampa Bay. I was really high on Tampa Bay, but I just don't think they're they have enough. I just don't think they have enough. Um, Washington, like, give me a break. I, I, I mean, you know, Washington football team. It's a Right now, they're the division winner. They're the division leaders. But give me a break. Washington, they're not going to. No, give me a break. It's a great story. Ron Rivera has definitely revitalized, revamped that culture. But no, they're not going to the Super Bowl. And then as of right now, the Cardinals are at the seventh spot. Um, and Arizona, they're not a playoff. They're not a Super Bowl team. Um, they're not a Super Bowl team. They have a they have a tough, a tough road ahead of them to stay in the playoff race. But those are the teams for the NFC. I'm looking at Packers, Saints, Rams. Packers, Saints, Rams. Um, everybody else, ta- Buccaneers are talented but inconsistent. Seattle, I don't think they have a better – I don't think they have a good enough all-around roster. So, yeah, those are my thoughts. It, let's, so let's shift gears to the AFC. The AFC, we have Kansas City at the one seat. Um, obviously, Kansas City is definitely a Super Bowl team. They definitely can get there and win it, definitely. This is definitely a Super Bowl team. I think they're the best team in the AFC. Let me not even say nothing else. Like, nothing else. I mean, that's that's obvious. Um. Okay, the number two seed. This one gets tricky. The Steelers. The, the Steelers are currently the two seed, as stated already. Um. I don't know. I, 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 I'm going to say no. I'm gonna say no. I don't think this team. It's a it's a really good team. Um, they're gonna make obviously they're gonna make the playoffs and they could probably win a playoff game, but no, this is not this is not a Super Bowl team. I can't I can't do it. This is this is not a Super Bowl team. They can't run the ball effectively. They have some marquee injuries on defense. I can't I can't call this team the, the a, a Super Bowl team. I can't. I just can't. Uh, Ben, he, Ben Roethlisberger, he looks every bit of 38. I can't call this team a super, a, a super bowl team. I like Mike Tomlin. I like Ben Roethlisberger, but I can't do it. <clears throat> Bills. The Bills are the three seed. Um, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. I think the Bills are capable of getting to the, to the super bowl. Do I think they will? No, I don't think they will get to the super bowl, but are they capable of doing so? Yeah. Um, like I said, their defense has gotten better. Um, without that hail mary, the the, the the Bills would be on a, a six game win streak. They would the Bills would be the hottest team in the league without that hail mary. So, and, and let's be honest, the like Arizona luckily beat the Bills. Can we sit up here and say Arizona's better than the Bills? Hell no. So the Bills, um, their defense was a big problem um, early on. Their defense is starting to pick it back up. Their secondary is starting to pick it back up. They, You know what I like about Buffalo? Buffalo, they have a really nice secondary. You know, all pro corner and Tredavious White. You have Poyer. You have Micah Hyde. You got uh, Levi Wallace, a pretty good DB. You got – you got, I, they like – Buffalo has some nice players in their secondary. We all know about the greatness of Stephon Diggs, Sean McDermott. Like I said, one of the better young coaches in the league. So I think Buffalo at this juncture is a Super Bowl threat and a Super Bowl contender. At the four seed, the Tennessee Titans. Um, I'm going to say no. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna say no on the Titans. Um I don't think the Titans are good enough in their secondary. Their third down defense is amongst the worst in the league. So with the Titans defense, with them having with them being so bad on third down, it's one of those things where okay, it's third down, you can't get a team off the field. I don't know how that fares. I don't know how that fares. You can't get teams off the field on third down. That is a huge problem. Um, I, I think, you know, Derrick Henry, he's great. Like when the Titans, their style of play, when like when they have the lead and they're able to just run that ball, run that ball, and Derrick Henry's just pounding that rock, pounding that rock, pounding that rock, they are very difficult to see. And they can be a nightmare for anybody. But when their defense is on the field, when you're able to exploit them on third down and that secondary of theirs, they become not an average team, but they become a, a, a good team. They become just they're just a good team when you're able to exploit the weaknesses of their defense. They just they're not a great team. They just become a a, a good team. They become a solid team. So no, I don't think that I, I don't think the Titans are going to be able to get to the Super Bowl. Okay, the five seed, we have the Browns. The Browns, um, you know, Baker's been playing well. Baker, may, I must I must give it to him. He's been playing well. A couple weeks ago, I challenged him. I, I, I questioned whether or not is he going to step up to the occasion? Is he going to rise to the occasion? He did, so... Um, I gotta give him, I gotta, you know, I gotta give him his respect. Baker, he's been playing well. But, but are the Browns Super Bowl contenders? I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say no. And the reason why I'm gonna say no is because they have a certain way they wanna play. I don't know if they can, like, they they, they can score a lot of points. They, they've been showing that the last few weeks. They can show a lot of, they can score a lot of points. But their secondary is awful. Their secondary is awful. And they're spending a lot of money on offense. Their, their, their salary cap is very lopsided. They're spending so much money. They invested so much money on their offense where they just they just have forgotten about the defense. Um, Miles Garrett is like their he's the only guy. Miles Garrett and Olivier Vernon are the only two guys on that defense that they're seriously paying. Um, and I look at the I look at what they're spending on offense. Case Keenum is making six million dollars a year. Case Keenum, he has a higher salary than anybody in their secondary. So their secondary is just a bunch of guys, literally a bunch of guys. And you can't get to the Super Bowl facing Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen with that secondary. You just can't. So I'm a, I'm a, uh, the Browns. They're 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 close, but I don't think no, I don't think their Super Bowl can. I don't think they can get there. Not with that secondary. Indianapolis Colts at the sixth seed. I'm going to say no. Um, I don't think they are. Uh, Indianapolis, they, they, defensively, they, they're really good. They've made some smart front office moves, but is this a legit Super Bowl team? Let's think about that. Like, no, this is not a legit Super Bowl team. Phillip Rivers, he's too inconsistent. Um, he's obviously not himself. He has a noodle arm. So I'm a, I'm a pass on the Colts. They, they, have, they have some impressive wins, but... 
I, I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say no. I'm gonna say no. I don't think they have enough offensively. I don't think they can. They can't. They're not explosive enough offensively as Philip Rivers as their quarterback. And then at the number seven seed, the last seed, the Miami Dolphins. Um, I, I'm I'm really high on the Dolphins. You guys know that I like Brian Flores as a coach. Um, I'm a big Tua guy. Um, Tua, they played the they played the Chiefs pretty well. I must admit, they played Kansas City pretty damn well, as I expected. But um, I don't, I don't, I, the, the the Dolphins, they're not a Super Bowl team. They're not a Super Bowl team. Their defense is really good, and their defense, the way how it's very similar to New England. They play a lot of man because they have a really talented secondary. They can come after you. They have some really good linebackers. Their defense is 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 pretty good. It's really good, but. The Dolphins are – am I sold on the Dolphins? No. Um, they got a young quarterback in Tua, so I don't think they're a playoff team. I do not think they're a playoff team. So those are my uh, – those are my – those are my – like, oh, oh well, not, not a playoff team, excuse me. They are – they're good enough to make the playoffs because they're 8-5, but they are not good enough to make the Super Bowl. No, they're not. So I'm going to let you guys go. I'm going to get up out of here. Um, i catch you guys later. Uh, you guys have a good day. Uh, it was pretty good. This was a good episode. This was a really good episode. We got a lot done. <laughs> we got a lot done today. So thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of IKP. Um, NBA, my, I'm telling you guys, my NBA, um, my NBA top 10 teams are coming out on Saturday's episode. So stay tuned to that. I'm going to talk some NBA. I'm talking a lot more NBA than I did today. I talked, I had two NBA segments, but Nevertheless, I'm going to let you guys go. Always remember two choices, one decision, and I'm out. Peace, deuces. Enjoy the rest of your week. We'll be back on Saturday. Catch you guys.